This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Today on the podcast, we are returning back to the Gospels. Uh, If you have been with us for any length of time, we have been talking about the revival and the move of God at Long Hollow um, really since... January is how long we've been talking about this, but go back if you want a refresher of where we were. We were journeying through the Gospels, and we were in Luke 2. We had just finished Luke 2, where Jesus is 12 years old. He gets lost and then is found. Uh, if you remember, he was 12 years old, and we we ended talking about uh, a model prayer, a way to pray for your children uh, based on how uh, verse 52 of Luke 2 describes Jesus increasing in wisdom and stature in favor with God and people. So today we get to Luke chapter 3 where Jesus is no longer 12, he's 30, and we meet a wild man in the wilderness, Pastor. Yes, a wild I have, man. I have so many questions yes. about this chapter. The first uh, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is what in the world is he doing in the wilderness? Mm. This does not seem to be the best uh, ministry building location. Yeah. Um, it seems a little strange. Yeah. Uh, he's not in the marketplace. He's not even in the temple. But this is where he chooses or where God leads him to have his ministry to to preach and teach. And so I'm assuming, because you have taught me well, that there is some significance yes. to where he is located and why he's there. Yeah, you see, this is you've only been on for a couple of times and you're already asking the right question. I'm you here see, to learn. You're already asking the right question. Which is the that is the question. Why is John the wild man in the wilderness? Now it's a deeper question than you may even know you're asking. which Chris from time to time would really stumble on some deep questions. He didn't even know how deep they were, but that was pretty deep because the question is, why is John in the wilderness? But the better question is, why is a man from the priesthood who's supposed to be in the temple and has every right to be in the temple? Why is he out in the wilderness? If you're going to start a movement, you don't do it in the woods. (laughs) If you want to start a uh, 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 an exponential move of God, you don't do it out by the by the Dead Sea in the Jordan River. I wouldn't have even known to ask about John and priesthood. Like that, that connection right. isn't there for me. And no. maybe I'm slow, but that's what I'm here for. No, that's good. And you're doing so good already. So here we go. Here we go. Um, we're going to pick back up with Luke chapter three. Now, just a couple things, as Colin mentioned, uh, if you want a refresher, go back to 2020 and we talk about how to think like Jesus, the Jewishness, the Western mindset versus the Eastern Hebraic mindset. And so that's a refresher to where we are. So Colin, we're going to pick up in uh, Luke chapter three. Remember, Luke is a doctor. Okay. So when Luke is writing, he is writing to a particular audience. And that's something we talked about, obviously, in a previous podcast. And so when Luke teaches theology, it's important to remember this. Luke is always going to teach from direct quotations in the mouths of the people. Mm. It's interesting. So when somebody speaks or, or, or an encounter happens, 
Luke is going to highlight insights or Torah observations or uh, theological truth in the mouths of the people and through the actions of the people. So that's just Mm. something to remember as we begin. So Luke chapter 3, and just be aware, I will stop you periodically, probably sooner than later, so just be aware of that. Luke chapter 3, verse 1. You want me to read? Just start reading, and when I stop you, I'll stop you. Okay. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... While Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod was tetrarch of Galilee. His brother, Philip, tetrarch of the region of, ah, boy. Yeah, keep it. No, just go. Ituria and Tetraconitis and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene. Okay, now let me stop you here. Wow. Let me teach you a little something that I I learned in seminary. I appreciate you giving me... Ancient city names right out read. the gate. Well, that was actually Taz. That's why we landed. one and done. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. Uh, what I learned in seminary years ago was if you're preaching or reading or teaching and mm-hmm. you come across a word you can't pronounce, mm-hmm. you pronounce it boldly and act like you know what it means and move on. You know, no, I mean, who, who in the world knows? You know, no, that's a joke. There's actually a way, believe it or not, if you want to know, okay. to pronounce these words. Oh. There actually is a way. That would have been helpful to tell me before yes, we started it, it, recording. Now I have a yeah, I have a Bible software called uh, Logos, but you can just go online and type mm-hmm. these words in, which I've done from time to time, mm-hmm. uh, and you can pronounce them in the uh, Greek or the Hebraic background they're in. Okay, I knew Abilene because that's in Texas. Texas, right? Yeah. Not to be confused where uh, Matt Chandler <laughs> or Pastor. <laughs> yeah, we just heard about that recently. Okay, here's the deal. Why does Luke include this first line hmm. in the beginning of chapter three? Any ideas? Why would Luke start with that? Hmm. My guess is to place it at a point in time in history for us. That, that's exactly right. Hmm. So right out the gate, starting good today. It's early, but great. He's historically time stamping um, this moment in John's life. And so you got to understand, John is not some fictitious character made up, uh, this guy in the woods who's just uh, not real, doesn't have a personality, not human. No, no. John's a real man in a real time period, in a real culture, speaking to real people. And so is Jesus, hmm. which was interesting for me to really, I, I can't remember. When it shifted, but I remember growing up, I was in a different religion, obviously. But I remember growing up as a young boy thinking Jesus was similar to the Tooth Fairy or Santa Claus. I mean, this is crazy to think about that Jesus was like a utilitarian genie that I could rub the lamp and call upon, you know, but he wasn't like a real person. Hmm. And there was a study done uh, in, in years past called the, the the historical Jesus study. You remember this. Now, some of these guys, for the record, got off track. Okay, so they really got off track. You, you got to be careful. You, you want to, 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 to ride uh, the fence on one side, Jesus is all man. The other side, Jesus is all God. So you don't want to get too far on one on each side because you'll get off on a tangent. But just to, just to stop here before we go on, John is a real man in a real time place in a real city with real kings and real rulers happening at that time. So let's continue reading what happened. I'm, cu- I'm curious if I can ask you, have you seen the series called The Chosen Yes. about Jesus? One of the things, just you saying that reminded me that when my family watched The Chosen, it really pulled out Jesus's humanity for me because I saw Jesus laugh. Mm. And I had never thought about Jesus... Laughing, yes, but of course he laughed. 
He yes. was he was a human. Yeah. I, I just thought that was well funny. laughing. Well, you got to think. You got Peter James and John Andrew. You're going to be laughing all the time, oh, you know, with those guys. He's laughing. But, yeah. Okay. Um, where were we? Uh, Abilene. Yep. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, God's word came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the vicinity of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay. Let's stop there. Okay. So much there to talk about. Okay. Now, so now we have a time, we have a place, mm-hmm. now we're going to have a priesthood, mm. okay? So w- what's happening here is this, um, Luke is reminding us, just what I said earlier, John has a lineage of a father who's a priest. He's of the lineage of his father who's a priest, okay? His father's name is what? Do you remember this? Zechariah. Zechariah, okay? And if you go back to the beginning, you realize it was Zechariah who went into the temple, burning the incense, the angel came. He doubted the angel. He went mute. Your son's name is John. So he's in the priesthood. Now, Mm. we talked about this in a previous episode, but I just want to make mention to it. What you're about to hear is the first spoken word of God through a prophet in 400 years. Wow. Now, this is why this is heightened right here. This is heightened right here. What John's about to do is speak prophetically as the last, as Jesus says, the last and greatest prophet of God. Pop quiz. Why does he call him the greatest, the last and great? No prophet is greater. He was a, he was a reed in the wind. You remember that when mm-hmm. Jesus talks about mm-hmm. him after he hears he's in prison. Why do you think, those listening, why do you think Jesus says he's the greatest, the last and the greatest I'm sure someone listening has the answer, but I do not. Okay, that's a good answer. Uh, I think what he's saying is he's the greatest because he's the final prophet. He's He's the last prophet before the entrance of the kingdom of heaven. John was the last guy, so he's the greatest in that respect. Why? Because he got to see the doorway to the kingdom, which was Jesus. Okay, So that's why I think he's the greatest. But watch this. So the priesthood is what John's a part of. Quick recap. Many of you will say, well, what's the big deal about the priesthood? What is the big deal about the priesthood? I love that. Yeah, right on cue. The big deal about the priesthood is they had all the amenities you could want of an upper class life in that day. Okay. Uh, priest actually, I don't know if you know this, Colin, but priests actually had indoor plumbing in, in, the, in the temple in their homes uh, associated with the temple. So they would do these two-week stints where they would give two weeks of their life to come work for one week at a time, two different seasons, in the temple. Hmm. They had different jobs to do. Mm-hmm. They would draw lots for jobs. We talked about all this in the past. And basically, they would have indoor air conditioning. Did you know this? First century. No. Not the AC we're thinking of, okay? okay. <laughs> Not the AC okay. we're thinking But they had people who uh, their sole job was to wave palm branches in their face all day long. Can you imagine? Wow. Everywhere you go, you got a palm wave. They nicknamed them AC. AC. <laughs> AC. AC, come over here. <laughs> That's right. Let me call AC. Yeah, exactly. So they had a portable uh, AC unit at all times. <laughs> so all the amenity, they had the best foods. You got to understand, they're eating the sacrificial lamb. People don't realize this. Somebody eats the lamb after it's sacrificed. Think about this. Mm. Somebody eats the bread, mm-hmm. the, the best bread. You're talking about this is offerings to God. Mm-hmm. So they're eating the best of the best. They're in the best accommodations. They have the best luxuries. Why in the world... Does John, who has right to that, the right to that, why does John leave that, forego that, to go to the sweltering wilderness? Now, let me just give you one caveat, and we'll take a break. One caveat. Here's the caveat. When we think of wilderness, 
do not think of lush grass, green rolling hills, uh, fruit trees, and water streams. Because that's what we think of wilderness, you know, going to the wilderness, going to go hike in the woods. Think of 100 to 125 degree arid desert. That's what wilderness means. And we translated it wilderness years ago in the King James Version, and we kind of kept that translation. The better translation is desert. Mm. So now let's put that in play, and then we're going to take a break, and mm. we'll come back. John leaves the luxuries of Jerusalem, mm. the, 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 the rights of the priesthood, and he trades it for sweltering heat, arid desert, sandstorms arising at all times, and no water. Mm. So when we come back... What we're going to do is find out why does John do this. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders, that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the Collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the Collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders, and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com, replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. And we're back. I cannot wait to find out why John has chosen to leave all the luxuries of the priesthood. He has chosen to forego AC, and he is in not a lush uh, forest wilderness, but an arid desert, which as you described it, I think I started sweating and getting hungry just, like think, just thinking about it. And so there has to be a very... Um, spiritual and deep reason that John would go to this place. Yeah, I thought I saw a drop of perspiration on you. <laughs> it sounded miserable. <laughs> it was. Yes. Okay, so you got to ask yourself this question. Why in the world would he do this? And it really flies in the face of um, Western Christianity that says, I want it my way. I mm. want air conditioning. I want comfort. And I'm not saying I'm... I mean, I'm part of that too. So we get so used to the luxuries of quote-unquote Christianity... And yet John, and not only John, John and the Essenes, John is right, that he, he's a neighbor of the Essenes. They're right around the, they're the subdivision over, you know, so they're right there. The reason John goes to the wilderness is because he is sick of the corruption of the priesthood in Israel, mm. okay? I can't remember where I found this quote. I heard it, I think, from Ray Vanderlaan, and... Um, I can't remember exactly where he got it, but he makes mention of the corruption. You got to remember, the Hellenism of Alexander the Great comes into this Jewish nation. So Mm -hmm. they're being pulled with media and sports and athletics and news and theater. And so they've got all of these distractions. In addition to that, uh, the priests are being tempted to give into sin and all the luxuries of sin. Mm. And what Vanderlaan said was, in the day of Jesus... 
they could not perform the daily duties of the priesthood because there weren't enough priests that showed up for work because they were being tempted to go watch the Greek games across the Jordan. Wow. The men run naked and the Greek games and all the all the sporting events that the corruption had gotten that high. Wow. We know what happened to the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. The Sadducees, this is the big one. The, 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 the priesthood used to be handed down genealogically. Okay? okay, so it was part of uh, if you're of a descendant of Aaron or Aaron. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're if your great 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 grandfather was Aaron, it's called the Zadokian Z- or mm-hmm. Zadokian. Right <laughs> yeah, it is that right? <laughs> Zadokian. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The Zadokian from Zadok or Zadok. Okay, okay. Zadokian trial. What that means is is a big word that means you're of the descendant of Aaron. Okay. Okay. For this is crazy. 1,388 years from Aaron all the way down to a man named Jason. He was the last one before Jason. Okay. Uh, Onius actually was his name. And then Jason starts the new regime. 1,388 years. How many high priests were there from Aaron to Onius? 1,388. Almost 1,500 years. What are you going to take? Take a guess. Mm, I'd guess you're probably the high priest in your mid-30s until you die. That's exactly how it works. Is that real? Well, you, yeah. Well, I probably not totally mid-30s. Guessing. Probably not mid-30s, but older because you got to remember, your dad has to die. Oh, yeah. So your dad's yeah. going to go to like 90 or 80. Yeah. So you're probably in your 50s or 60s, 70s. So probably not that many. I'm not good at math in my head that okay. quickly, but... Probably not that many. Okay, that's a good answer. 43 to be exact. <laughs> that's around, well, I was going to guess is 40. A, okay, that is a small number if you think about it. Yeah, it really 43 is. 43 over almost 1,400 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then the Sadducees, which are basically the spiritual mafia, mm-hmm. the religious uh, overlords, they come in and from the years 172 BC, this is going to blow you away, 172 BC all the way to one. 68, I mean, uh, 70 AD. So 172 BC to 70 AD. Now, why do I say 70 AD is the end? Do you know? 70 AD. Mm -hmm. 70 years after. Is that when... uh, Robert's telling us. The the curtain was torn. No, that was 30 30 AD. Uh, That was close, though. What happens 50 years later? Or or 40 years later? I don't know. The Romans come in. Robert's Ooh, got it. They destroy the temple. Destroy the temple. Ooh. So the whole priesthood, as we know it, is destroyed. And Jesus yeah. said this was going to happen. He yeah. said, no stone's going to stand on, you know, I'm going to destroy it and rebuild it. And mm-hmm. they said, you're crazy. No way you're going to do this. Okay. So in those 200 roughly and 50-ish years, okay, okay, 42 years to be exact. Okay. Guess how many high priests there were? There were high priests. I though. normally would have said one or two. But because you're asking, I'm thinking it's a few more than that. A few more than that, as in 38. What? Yes. So in 1,400 years, 43. And 242 years, 38. What happened? Okay, yes, here's what happened. And this is what led to John going to the wilderness. And this is what we have to get. There was so much corruption where the priesthood went from being handed down by a father to a son, Mm -hmm. genealogically, through the family, Connecting all the way back to Aaron. Now the priesthood is being bought mm. by this Sadduceean cult. Mm. Now you may know some of the Sadducees in Jesus' day. Annas, mm-hmm. uh, Caiaphas, mm-hmm. you heard these names? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just read them. Yes. And so these are corrupt men who, this is why they killed Jesus, one of the reasons. Jesus is a threat to their economic power. 
Mm. Jesus is a threat to their retirement plan. Mm. And so they are going to take him out because he's attacking their financial gain. So what happens is the priesthood gets bought from the Roman leaders. So now they go to a guy named uh, um, Epiphan uh, Epiphanes. Uh, I can't think of his first name. I don't even have his first name, but his, but his name is Epiphanes. And he named himself Epiphanes, meaning God manifests. He's a very humble man, if you can imagine. <laughs> He's a very humble man. And he started this, and then it just worked its way down from the Roman uh, emperors, okay? Wow. So John sees this, and he says, listen, not only is it wrong, I don't want to be anywhere around when flaming fireballs from heaven, you know, possibly thinking, start pouncing this city for the corruption. The very men who are supposed to represent God, the very men who are the mouthpieces for God, the very men who are supposed to stand in the place of people and God are actually using that power for corruption. Wow. Sounds similar to today, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say he um, physically separates himself from those men. Next week on the podcast, I want to learn, does he, besides physically, how does his message differ from that of the priests, what they are doing? Can we talk about that next week on the podcast? Yes, and not only that, we're going to talk about why John picks this place on this shore to start his ministry. Mm. We'll talk about that next week. Join us next week on the podcast as we get into some of these rich truths. Pull them out from Luke chapter 3. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you are enjoying these podcasts, do us a favor and smash the like button. Share the podcast with anyone else that you might find uh, will benefit from these. And join us next week as we continue in Luke chapter 3, pulling out some of these deep, rich truths from God's word.